Welcome to the People of Chattanooga podcast. I'm your host, Luke Swab. Today on the show, I have Blythe Bailey. Blythe works for the city as the Director of Design and Neighborhood Connectivity. In this conversation, we dive as deep into greenways as I could keep up with. We discuss how important greenways are for community, for health, connectivity, and many other reasons. I asked Blythe what the process is like of starting a greenway from, you know, a flicker of an idea inside of someone's head to many years later as the concrete is finally being poured and what all happens in between. We had this conversation without a map in front of us, so give us some grace as sometimes we struggle to describe locations to each other. We're simply just going off of memory. So grab a computer, open up Google Maps, and follow along as we discuss the current and future greenways of Chattanooga. And now, I bring you Blythe Bailey. Okay, and we are recording. I'm here with Blythe Bailey. Is that how you pronounce your name? Blythe, yep. Blythe. Yeah. That's a really unique name. I like it. Yeah, it is a unique name. Most most people are um most people named Blythe are females. Are they? Yeah. I'm named after a man named Blythe, who was a uh history professor in at Utah State who taught my father. And then this is I tell this story when I tell people about how I'm, how I'm named. When I was born on October 1st, um, they called Blythe Alstrom, Professor Alstrom, to tell him that they had had a son and they had named him Blythe. And he said, how did you know it was my birthday? No way. So I was born coincidentally on the same day as the person that I'm named for. Wow. Yeah. That's, is he still around? I don't know. I did a Google search within the last five years, yeah. and he was still alive and i think i discovered his daughter but i didn't reach out i might might make a note to do that yeah that's pretty interesting he uh, would be he would have to be i don't know how much older he w- w- would have been i don't know how much older than my father he was but if if he wasn't that much older then he might be in his 80s but he could be in his 90s so he must have been a very influential man for your father yeah i don't know that i know the story I, but yeah or did he just like the name i think thought? they just like the name yeah so I, um, what do you do here in Chattanooga? What is your, what is your work that you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I work for city government, um, and I've worked for city government for about eight and a half years. And before that, I was an architect and urban designer. Where did you do that architectural stuff at? Uh, I worked for a, a firm uh, called River Street Architecture for about eight years, and I worked for myself for a few years, including a brief partnership uh, with uh, with a really good architect here in town named Thomas Palmer, um, who's now at a, f- a firm called Tinker Ma. Um, so most of the time I spent as an architect with River Street, but also spent a lot of time working on my own. And then how did you get the job working for the city? Uh, Mayor Burke uh, was elected in 2013, and one of the things that he wanted to do was establish a transportation department that a lot of cities have done in the last decade or so. Um, it's a trend across the country to split transportation functions from public works functions um, based on the idea that we've spent so much time building our roads for cars primarily that we we need to kind of create a department that can focus on the effort to make our streets for everybody. 
So when Mayor Burke wanted to establish a transportation transportation department, I was at the time I was very involved in in urban design, which is which is the design of the public space. Really, you know, as an architect, you build buildings, uh, you design buildings that get built. But what you don't necessarily actively design is the spaces between the buildings, which which if you just look at it in land area, most of that space is streets, but it's also parks and in between space. Like I'm looking out your window, that's actually your property there, um, but that's that's semi-public space depending on whether there's a fence there people may or may not be able to access it but so I was always very interested in that and very active and very involved and understood um, a lot about how streets worked and so uh, the mayor asked me to start the department and take it over which was how I got the job that I got you know when you're describing that that reminds me of the oceans and the continents and everyone usually focuses on the continents but really, that's only like, what, 23% of the world, and yeah. most is like ocean that people don't really think about. And it's fascinating. Everyone thinks about their own house and their building and what it looks like, but the empty spaces to get to someone else's building, you, you sometimes don't think about. Yeah, and as an architect, like, I, and I really enjoyed practicing. Um, when I got out of architecture school, I studied at, under a man named Stroud Watson, who's, who's well-known around here, I actually lives... I'm still just disoriented. lives lives about four or five blocks that way. Um, and Straub was highly influential with the idea of urban design. As an architect, you have you know, the way that it works is you get hired by a client to build a building, right? And they spend a, a large amount of their time inside that building, so they're very interested in what the building itself looks like and how it works and what the inside space how it works. But we as architects have a responsibility to assure that the thing that we build which is for a client, also affects the neighborhood that it's in, which is the streets and sidewalks and park spaces and all those things. So um, I found that even in practice, I was able to, most of my clients understood that, and they valued that, yes, I'm building something with my money for myself, but also have a responsibility to my neighbors to be you know, civil. Uh, so um, it's really interesting, and also with streets, uh, which I, which is not the job I'm in anymore, so I, I want to tell you a little bit about that too. But um, I can't remember the the number, but it's a stunning number. The amount of our public space that is streets mm-hmm. is a very, very high percentage. And if you think about streets as places that people just want to be, and you just think about them in a different way. Obviously, we have to move cars because that's the way everybody gets around. But it, But you can think about them a little bit more sensitively as it relates to people what do you mean by streets are someplace that everyone wants to be well this is this is a great example i had an opportunity to drive here and i thought it's going to take me nine minutes i think it was a few minutes late um but i knew that i could walk here really quickly and i wouldn't be terribly late and it was going to be comfortable and pleasant you know and i I interacted with adam and monica yeah outside your outside your house which is funny uh, in my current job when I actually with the pandemic, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but with the pandemic, you know, I typically need to spend 30 minutes, an hour, or sometimes an hour and a half on the phone. And I got people to call and people need things or they're asking questions or there's people I need to collaborate with for one reason or another, I need to make phone calls. So I put on headphones and walk around. Um, and sometimes I actually go to parts of the city and do that, just walk around in a neighborhood. 
Um, and last time I did that here, I saw Adam and Monica. So it was, it was funny. It was like, I don't know, six or eight months ago. I said, last time I saw y'all, I was, I was walking around and you were like, what are you doing here? I said, I'm just making phone calls. But here I was actually coming to see you. So, you know, it's a, I was thinking about it as I was walking here. I was thinking, this is a really pleasant series of streets that are comfortable. And honestly, I don't know that I saw a car moving on any of them. It's quiet. It's morning time. There's cars parked on the street, which I think also adds to the comfort of the sidewalk because I have this barrier between the cars. But then when cars do come down the street, they're not going fast in this neighborhood. You know, it probably feels fast if they're going 25 miles an hour, which is actually the speed limit. Um, so it's a comfortable place for me to be. I mean, likewise, Adam and Monica and other neighbors who I think enjoy being outside. How far away did you park? I parked at the office at the Development Resource Center. Oh, oh yeah. That's so a, that's right, behind, right behind the Moxie. Mm-hmm. Is where I parked. Um, so yeah, I actually walked down. I was going to walk down the railroad tracks. Yeah, which is which is in in one of our plans to be a greenway eventually. And I got on the railroad track and realized that they've put a fence up, so I had to go back around. And I think they didn't they just take out those rails right there. No, the rails are still there. They're still there. Yeah, I couldn't have told you that except I just I just stepped on them. Um, yeah, they're still there. Where's that? I love greenways. Where's that greenway planned to go? So, well, that's my new job. So, uh, Mayor Kelly has reorganized government and asked me to move into the Department of Parks and Outdoors. And so I'm over design and planning of parks and greenways. And in some respects, I see it as very similar. Um, it doesn't have all of the, like with transportation, there was a lot of work around maintenance. You know, we, our, our roads are distressed and need to be fixed. So there was a lot of that sort of thing, a lot of a lot of traffic. Um, the signal system was was under my purview. So those kinds of things are not anymore. But the greenway system, I sort of envision it as an analogy. A good street system functions like a greenway system because it gives people all kinds of ways to move around um, that are comfortable and safe, and you interact with real people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so it's nice. Which, so that's my new that's my new role and. Actually, what I spent last week doing, we're, we're doing a, a full year-long plan. And I should say, I'm just sitting here as a person, right? So I'm not representing city government yeah. on this, on this podcast. So yeah. uh, I, I don't want to caveat the entire show, but you know, these, are just my, these are just my thoughts. Um, yeah. So I'll try to, be, try to be fair. I don't want anybody to, I don't want to make promises or anything. You don't want to get fired. Yeah, people want to know where the greenway is going to be, and I don't, like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not promising anything. Yeah. Um, but you asked that question. So, that, so the University Greenway has been in the planning stages for a long time. Actually, these projects take a long time uh, from the beginning to the end. Um, there's a portion of the University Greenway that's built um, from, let's see, it ends currently at MLK, a little bit catty corner from where Champies is. Yes. It comes down and intersects MLK. So you can go up the path, you can cross 8th Street, and then it winds around. You can cross Macaulay Avenue right there where the Yellow Deli is. Yes. It goes into UTC, goes up the hill at UTC, goes through UTC, all the way over to um, past the UC. There's a really nice promenade there at the at the University Center that goes, I'm, I'm thinking north, you know, that, I think that's north, right? Yeah, that's north. Um, and then eventually it ends right at 3rd Street. You can actually go under, there's an old railroad uh, underpass. 3rd Street is actually a bridge, and the old railroad right-of-way went underneath 3rd Street, and that's where the University Greenway ends. So in our plan, and the Trust for Public Land, I think, was Noel on your show? No, I get, I, I get your show and uh, and Chattanooga Civics 
Confused. No, he was not in mine. I no. listened to both of them, yeah, Nathan, and they're both really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I think Noel was on Chattanooga Civics, but Noel was with the Trust for Public Land and the Chattanooga Design Studio. Eric Myers, who I also think was on Chattanooga Civics, uh, they worked on a feasibility study for the University of Greenway to figure out how do we extend it to the north to connect it to the Riverwalk, mm-hmm. like from 3rd Street all the way. It's actually not that far as the crow flies to connect to the Riverwalk. And then south from MLK, down really through this neighborhood, but... The idea is there at the Moxie, yes, where there's a discovered today a fence that you can't get through. Um, the the rail line continues right past the back patio at Urban Stack, yes. Um, crosses Cowart Street. There's a um, like a cosmetic surgeon office building there that it goes behind. Crosses Broad Street and goes down through the chicken plant and back behind Chattanooga Brewing Company and. Southside Social, crosses 20th Street, and then the highway. The, the plan is actually to go over to Chestnut Street and use Chestnut Street as the southern end of the University Greenway, where it would connect with the Riverwalk. So that's that Greenway. Yeah. There's lots of others. We talk about Greenways all, all day long. I'm, I'm really interested, and um, I'm really interested in South Chickamauga Creek Greenway. And were, did you have a large hand in that? Yeah, and I can actually talk about that one freely as a, as a government person because it's almost finished. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, and it's... Um, so, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up with this because I do have an agenda. Um, Lookout Valley, their community, really is interested in getting a connector trail from their community to... Were you at the, the meeting? Walk. I was at yeah, the first that Jim, meeting. That Jim was at? Yes, Jim Johnson. He was yeah. a guest speaker. And there was uh, Doug. Is, I know Doug and Monica. And Monica. Yeah. yeah. They were putting it on. And there was, you know, a handful of us. There's maybe 15 mm-hmm. people. And I'm, um, I want that to happen. So I'm using this platform, if I can, to uh, let people know that they're in the very beginning stages of brainstorming on how to make this happen. Yeah. So I'm looking at Greenways, and I'm thinking, okay, who who would know a lot about the South Chick Greenway because that Greenway, in my opinion, isn't obvious to put there in, in, the, in the sense that, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, it needs to be there, but I'm thinking how did someone organize that massive project spearheading that Greenway? There's a lot of infrastructure. It's not a cheap build. You put in two uh, large pedestrian-only bridges over the river, um, so I'm interested in learning how that went from, you know, a meeting like the Lookout Valley guys to almost being f- finished some, what, eight years later Yeah. as inspiration and, uh, uh, lessons can be learned to do the Lookout Valley connector. Yeah. That's, well, that's really interesting thinking of it, um, thinking of it as an example that can be modeled to build more greenways? That's the question. I, I can't speak to the early days of planning on the South Chick Creek Greenway. Am I close enough to the mic? Uh, just turn it, um, face it towards you. You're close enough. Just like point. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Perfect. Um, I will reference the Trust for Public Land, okay. which is a national organization. I mentioned Noel Durant. Yeah. Who, who may be somebody you'd, he's a super, super guy. I, yeah, I actually listened to his podcast on. Um, and the Chattanooga Civics one. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Um, I attribute a lot of the planning work for the South Trick Greenway to the Trust for Public Land, which we, Chattanooga, is really 
really benefits from the Tennessee State Office of the Trust for Public Land is here in Chattanooga. And they've been here in Chattanooga, I'm going to guess off the top of my head, 30 years. Um, well, that's convenient. And right a lot here. of the work that they do is land, um, I'm going to use the term preservation. They, they purchase land so that it can be preserved for public use. And a lot of that, it's not always greenways. Sometimes it's park spaces. Sometimes it's just preserved land that's not really even park space. It's just preserved nature. But they also do a lot of greenway work. And they were pivotal to the long-term development of the South Chick Creek. So I can't speak to the, to the South Chick Creek Greenway specifically, but I can say broadly, um, I'm a little more familiar with the Riverwalk, which mm-hmm. is also a model. Um, and it's, I think, helpful for citizens to know people that are interested in, in greenways and trails to know that they take decades. The Tennessee River Park Master Plan, which was a seminal piece of work for Chattanooga, it was about more than just the Riverwalk. And actually, there's a, I've got the plan. I, un, I uncovered it and scanned it, and it's like it was made on a typewriter. May not Actually, maybe I've made it on a computer, but it was in the early days of a computer. And the document is fantastic. It recommends a free shuttle. Um, it recommends... I think it recommended an aquarium, but it recommends all kinds of things beyond the idea was that Chattanooga is here because of the river, so we should highlight the river, and then the recommendations just sort of spilled over into the city. So it's more than just the river walk. But it, I think it was 1986, 85, 86, 87. I mean, that's a long time ago. That's almost 40 years ago that they said, hey, we should build this thing. Um, and now we're about to finish... I resist saying final because I think we're continuing to grow it. But as it relates to the Riverwalk proper with the capital R, I think it's fair to say that at least on the South shore, we're about to finish the Riverwalk um, with the segment that's under construction in St. Elmo. And that was built. I haven't, I didn't do research to prepare for this, but you know, it was built over five or six segments or more, starting with the segment that's out off of Amnicola. Um, And then, maybe a segment or two downriver from that with the 21st century waterfront, which was a project that mayor Corker spearheaded when he was mayor, we built the river walk kind of in the downtown riverfront area. Actually there was a river walk before that, but we built it in a different way to, to help people better access the river. And then I think it opened in 2016, the three mile segment that went from none of the stuff was there, but the spring Hill suites and, um, that's the big Cameron one, Harbor. Cameron Harbor, yeah. yeah. None of that was was there when they started that work, but around 2016, a lot of that stuff had been built, and and that segment, which was three miles, went further downriver and ended where where you probably are familiar with it ending back behind St. Elmo Avenue on Middle Street. Back mm-hmm. behind, there's a crust pizza and, yep. and a and a juice shop that's over there. And then we're now building the um, the segment that goes, it's the first segment that's actually on street on St. Elmo Avenue that goes all the way to the incline. Yeah. We, I we just the saw, city. It was just busted up. The concrete was busted up yeah. yesterday. I mean, almost right there to St. Elmo Ave. Yeah. Is it going to end at St. Elmo or is it going to do touch, you know, it's got like 200 yards to go to Virginia Greenway. Well, we, when is we it? built Virginia Avenue Greenway, we included, um, a shared use path. That's a term used for a sidewalk that's 12 feet wide or yeah. wider that functions like a greenway. Um, cause it's wide enough for bikes and, and people. We built a shared use path from where the neighbor Virginia Avenue Greenway, where you think of it ending there at Sawisty Thai restaurant. Yeah. 
we actually purposefully connected across On the to St. Elmo. We changed the signal so it would be easier for pedestrians to cross there. And then next time you see it, you'll notice that the sidewalk on the incline side is really, really wide. And that was purposeful because we knew that the river walk was coming in and we wanted to have a continuous path all the way down. But I mean, to answer your question, and I've talked to Doug a couple of times in Lookout Valley, I think everything starts with people's desires. I mean, really, it's, it feels, it feels, I guess, very kind of old fashioned that I think the people like it, you know, it's going to take a lot of energy, but if people want something and more people want something that, that, that I think that's the way things start at some point, there's a formal plan, which takes money because the planning process usually requires professionals um, to work on it. I don't know what back in those days, what, what a planning process cost, but the document that I got my hands on, that's the 1986 Tennessee River Park Master Plan um, would have cost the city money. We would have had a contract with a with a consultant who did that work, and not not the least of which, like that's the money, but you also have people's time that's that's valuable. So at some point, you get a professional planning. But I'm kind of describing the process. I don't know yeah. exactly how the South Chick Creek Greenway came to be, but I would assume that it was similar. Um, that Trust for Public Land who's an, they're a nonprofit, but they still need money to operate. They probably had a contract at some point. They certainly paid for property along the way over the span of probably decades. They bought properties. I know that was, that's a lot of the work. It's really, really time consuming and challenging to buy property. Um, and then eventually it turns into a project that's somebody's going to go work on to build, um, the department, the department of transportation, um, applied for we had so so the last thing that's have you been out there the, the part that's under construction now yeah I've, yeah i snoop around look at it yeah and, yeah it's almost finished i know it's really exciting i know um that's actually three segments i don't think i don't think the layperson would realize that but there's three actually four we started with three but we we added one in the planning stage we started talking about that in 2014 so seven years from like that's even like all the planning has happened most of the greenway is built and there's this i want to say it's a four mile gap from where the greenway ends a little past sturkey farms you familiar mm -hmm. with sturkey farms yeah it ends at uh faith road, faith road yeah. yeah the steep it's infamous steep, yeah. Uh, yeah. gravel road yeah yeah you, you're younger and, and fitter than me <laughs> so you're probably able but i even on my e-bike i have to get off and, and push because my tires slip on that on that steep so faith road you'll still be able to go up faith road yeah and Faith Road then intersects Youngstown Road. But the part that we're building, that's called the Youngstown segment. So the Youngstown segment takes from where the Greenway has been for several years, where it turns to go up Faith Road. Instead of turning to go up Faith Road, you'll be able to travel along a paved path closer to the river. I think you'll still be able to see that part's the part that's still under construction, so I haven't seen that myself. But I think you can still see the river. And then it goes... Up along the river, it gets to a point where Youngstown Road and the river come really close together, and it turns into boardwalk there. And then it goes underneath Lightfoot Mill Road. Um, that part is the part that's under that the boardwalk is there, but the railing isn't, so it's not open. Um, and then it goes over to where you can access this, although I don't think it's public. The Tennessee Valley Railroad Museum property, which you access off Cromwell Road, so from a car, you either take 153 to Jersey Pike, to Cromwell Road, or Shaliford Road, going like past the airport, um, right past the airport, you can turn on Cromwell Road. Cromwell Road is how you get to Tennessee Valley Railroad Museum. 
and there's a big parking area there and you can walk sort of through the woods on Tennessee Valley Railroad Museum property. Again, I shouldn't say that it's not public, but, yeah. but it's, there's no fences. Like we've, we've done it. They've, they've permitted us to do it just to tour the, the trail. And I think there's an interest in making it a trailhead, but it's not, it's not for puppets now. Fish, so I shouldn't yeah. encourage people to go there. But um, anyway, from there, it turns into what's called the Cromwell segment. And the Cromwell segment is very difficult uh, boardwalk construction uh, that, you know, if you're, if you're on a bike or walking when it's finished, you won't know the difference. You don't know, you won't know from, you know, where the Youngstown segment ended and the Cromwell segment began. And the Cromwell segment goes over to Cane uh, Lane. This is hard to visualize. I just thought, I brought my computer thinking maybe we could show some visuals, but well, with I'm, your big screen, we could, but it's... Um, well, I'm actually kind of following because I, ha- I yeah. mean, I, I've been looking at it pretty heavily yeah. the last couple of years. And it totally changes when you're there too, yeah. right? It's it's fun to and, it's fun to think about it and then look at a map and then actually go there because the perspectives are different in each step. So okay, so so Kane Lane, uh, my colleague Bert Kirkendall, who was the transportation engineer when we first started CDOT, identified Kane Lane as a hey, you know, if we can build greenway quality trail system on our streets, it sort of skips the step of property acquisition. Um, and Bert applied for a state grant. There's state grants available for transportation alternatives. So we had a grant to do can- the Cane Lane segment, which is which is now built has been built since. Um, I want to say it. I want to say it completed in the summer. Um, but it is a combination of shared use path, 12 foot wide, and a bike lane plus sidewalk combo on the road which is a low traffic road so it's it's not the highest greenway quality because the bike lane is in the road but the traffic is low mm-hmm. i've done that segment it's very comfortable yeah. on, a, on a bicycle and then that takes you to shalford road so you'd never know cane lane was there but everybody's been on airport road and cane lane is basically airport road if airport road if you come from the airport and you're at the intersection with shalford road there's a cemetery across the street and cane lane is right across the street so then the fourth segment that we built, actually at the urging of Bruz Clark at Lindhurst Foundation, there was already a sidewalk on Shalliford Road. And our first plan was we would put in a protected bike lane on Shalliford Road, and that would accomplish the connectivity that we needed without modifying the sidewalk. And Bruz urged us to think about Shalliford Road like a greenway and build it like a greenway. So we developed a, a locally funded project for the completion of a, of a greenway quality shared use path on Shalford Road. That was the first segment that completed last December um, that goes from Airport Road to the levee. That's where it gets really cool. So once you're at the levee, <laughs> you can go to Camp Jordan. I know. So when our segment is finished, that, I did it. I did it a, few, a, few, a month or so ago. I, did, I, did it, I went all the way to Camp Jordan, did the, did the three-mile loop around Camp Jordan and came back mm-hmm. on my bike. And... Um, you know, the Shalford Road piece is the least comfortable, you know, because Shalford Road's not, not that fun. But it's a 12-foot wide path yeah. that's separated from the traffic with trees. So it's a greenway. It's on Shalford Road. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then, you know, on the other side, you can go all the way to the river. You can go all the way to the river walk. And then when our river walk segment down in St. Elmo is finished, you'll be able to go all the way to the incline and then all the way down through St. Elmo, almost to the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. There you go. South Chick Creek Greenway plus Riverwalk. It's fantastic. 
Now, have you have you spoke with Jim Johnson much about his envision for the Chattanooga Loop? I don't know if he has a name for it. He calls it the Chick Chat. Oh, the Chick Chat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've we've actually um, Jim has done so much work. I have to give him give him all the credit, but I also think the Lindhurst Foundation has provided some funding, and he's used a consultant, Reagan Smith, um, to do some feasibility studies. But you know, on his own time as a volunteer, Jim has done. A tremendous amount of work. I consider him a friend, and we talk regularly. In fact, I talked to him talked to him yesterday, yeah. um, and we're going to meet and talk about greenways in general because he's just got a lot of good input that will be helpful to me. Um, I, I'm actually, I, sent a, I offered a time this morning. That's one of the things I did before I came here. So I'll probably meet with him this week or next week to just talk about gen, greenways generally. Um, and we have talked about the chick chat. Uh, we've also had a couple of meetings you know again from the fruits of jim's hard work for several years has gotten some some level of enthusiasm in uh, well i should stop because the the listeners maybe don't know what this is yeah, but the chick chat what, yeah. is so everything i just described you know it sounds like you you can visualize a map pretty well i don't know if the listeners can but yeah think about the letter j uh spun around 180 degrees so it's an upside down j that is our system that will be finished by the end of this year where you can walk or ride a bike without you got to cross a couple of streets but without having to walk or ride and trap I mean, you're pretty protected along the entire route from the southern end of virginia avenue neighborhood greenway to the river walk to the south chick greenway south chick creek greenway to camp jordan i think it's about 23 miles mm-hmm. it's an upside down j uh, all of that, with the exception of the part that's in Camp Jordan, is in the city of Chattanooga. So if you complete that J with another J, um, you get you get a, an ellipse, you know, for simplicity's sake, a circle um, that goes almost 55 miles in total. And so 99%, if not 100% of, 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 of that, bottom J would be in the state of Georgia. Yeah. It would be either in, well, that's not true. Some of it would be in East Ridge, um, would be in East Ridge, would be in, in Catoosa County, um, the city of Chickamauga, I believe, uh, through federal property of the Chickamauga battlefield. I think there's restrictions around bike paths in the battlefield. So I think there's some logistical issues that we have to work through to plan where that would go. What, are, what do you mean by... Um, I'm, this is new information to me. I, to I found me. out recently that the, that the park system is discouraging of, of marked bike routes through the park system, which seems strange to me because I've ridden a bike in the battlefield and it's quite pleasant. It's, it's very you, pleasant. Yeah. Um, so I don't, know what, I don't know what that's about, and I've not even asked anybody at the park system level that, what that's, what, if that's true. And, is that like a national park thing? Yeah, I don't or know. Or a I don't know. I wish local. I did. I, d- I wish okay. I did. I think because Nash- it would be a shame if we built this 50 mile loop and you actually couldn't. Yeah. And you had to bypass put, one of the. Yeah, I, I don't know that you actually would because I don't know that it's illegal to ride a bike through the battlefield. I just don't know that they want like a marked trail, and I, I just don't know what that's about. Um, so if I were on it, I would probably go through the battlefield because I'd rather go through the yeah. battlefield than on a than on a highway that 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 skirts the battlefield. Is it? Um, are e bikes not allowed in national parks? Is that? I don't know that either. I wouldn't think there would be a prohibition on e-bikes these are streets yeah the streets so, should be fine yeah um 
but anyway, so it comes back up, whether it goes through the battlefield or, or outside it or not, it goes back up and comes into Walker County and eventually makes its way to the Virginia Avenue neighborhood Greenway mm-hmm. and gets you 55 miles of trail system. Again, let me reference the river, the Tennessee River Park Master Plan that took 40 years. This is the same length. It's actually bigger than, it's, than the yeah. river walk. So it'll take a while. But you can do. You can also do things simpler. Um, but, shared, a shared use path, which is a twelve foot concrete path with landscaping, especially when it's on street. There's a number of regulations and requirements and standards that have to be built. But, but so, they're, South they're, Chick was seven eight years, right, from conception to. No, it was longer than that. It was. Yeah. The building. <clears throat> so the building process was seven, <clears throat> seven or eight. Well, the building process was, you know, a, a calendar year. Once you have a contract for construction, the, the process to build something doesn't, it's pretty finite and pretty predictable. And that's been the case for the last year or, or, or so, give or take. Well, what was that? Uh, 20... The planning process is what takes a lot longer. And the funding process and the land acquisition process uh, takes a lot longer than the actual construction process. What was that 2014 date you said earlier? I thought there was something. I said 2014 that yeah, was, was that? when uh, my colleague Bert first suggested that we pursue the cane lane project oh, with alternative transportation funding. Gotcha. Okay. But that's so seven so years, seven, seven years ago do that was section. when we had the idea to pursue funding for one small segment yeah. of the four segments okay. that we're now building. So this, and even at that time, the rest of the greenway was already built. So you add your own seven years to that, which whatever, I don't know how long the planning process took for what was already built in 2014. But, um, there was like, there was one segment that got built within that time. Um, by the trust, I want to say by the trust for public land, but they they had a contractor and the city the city might have held the contract. I wasn't over construction of Greenway, so I don't I don't know how how that got built. But I remember going to an opening in my role with the Department of Transportation sometime around then, 2014 2015, when they opened the segment from the Riverwalk to I guess Turkey Farms or maybe North Hawthorne, um, one or the other. Yeah, greenways are fun. Why is the South Chick Greenway asphalt instead of concrete? And oh, and what about the maintenance with those wood bridges? Yeah, it's it's actually all three. They're they're parts of the South Chick Green South Chick Creek Greenway that are asphalt. And I wasn't involved in the design or the construction, so I don't know what the decision making was. But I can tell you the I mean cost. It's got to be yeah. The, the asphalt is less expensive. Also not as durable. Right. But it does have some benefits for runners. Asphalt is softer than concrete. Um, and some would argue it doesn't look as good, maybe because it doesn't age as well than concrete. Yeah. It's not um, as crisp with hard yeah. lines, you know. And so the Riverwalk, part of the plan from the 1986 plan, as well as all of the interest in the Riverwalk. The Riverwalk is top shelf quality. Yeah. It's, it's what we call picture framed concrete. So each square of concrete has a frame around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also heavily landscaped. It's very urban and formal and finished, and it feels like a linear park. And it's it's you can see the progression because it starts off not twelve feet wide. That's right. And it's at the dam, and it slowly gets larger and larger. And I think that's a good thing. And that that that's an interesting evolution. When you apply for grants, you're required to fulfill certain standards. I think the first requirement for a shared use path, if they even used that term in those days, was eight feet. And which it, was considered a wide sidewalk sidewalk 
Now, I say it's a good thing because so many people use it. I mean, yeah. everybody uses it. Everybody, it seems like all walks of life, all income levels, all races. You see all kinds of different people on the Riverwalk system. I think it's the one place where everybody feels like they're included and, and comfortable. And for that reason, it's also worth modeling for other projects. But it went from eight, the standard went from eight feet to 10 feet. When I started at the Department of Transportation, the standard was 10 feet. They changed it to 12, which means that anytime, like thereafter, when you get a federal grant or a state grant, you're 12. required to build, build it as 12. So yeah, there are segments that are eight and those feel really tight if you're on a bicycle, um, which I would pause and say, I think the pedestrian is the, it, that, that is the travel mode that should be respected the most. It's the it's the least intensive, it's the oldest, it's the most vulnerable, somebody that's walking. So a cyclist should respect a pedestrian. When I'm riding on the Riverwalk, if I really want to go fast, I'm not on the Riverwalk. I go on the street. If I want to do a, a recreational ride or a ride for exercise, which I don't often do, um, I ride on the road. So, because if I'm on the Riverwalk, I slow down. I, 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 do, my, I do my thing. You got the my, bell. My little bell. Yep. I go slow. Um, and when I'm passing somebody, I don't want them to be startled and I certainly don't want them to sidestep and not realize that I'm there and, and have a crash. Um, and same thing applies to, to the roads, like cars should respect cyclists and cyclists should respect, that's the pecking order. Um, I forgot why, why I went, went that direction. Oh, eight feet, 10 feet, yeah, 12 yeah, feet. Right? It's, yeah. Um, so maybe one day they'll even get bigger, which is a good thing, like, because more people are wanting to move around in active and healthy ways. And so our spaces for that get crowded. So we need more, we need them to be wider. Um, yeah. What, what else? Um, oh, you said asphalt concrete. Okay. So, yeah, so and, and maintenance too. <clears throat> and maintenance. Oh, and you asked about the boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah. The boardwalk is, I don't know what I was talking to my colleague in parks maintenance just yesterday. Cause because the greenway system is hard to maintain. And the city of Chattanooga has a lot of maintenance burden. Um, our streets, our sidewalks, um, you know, tr trash is the least of our worries, but trash is out there. Um, and our the people that do that work for the city of Chattanooga work really, really hard. Um, in fact, I will encourage you and everybody else. I, I was actually walking here, and there's a trip hazard over on William Street, and I took a picture of it, and... I use 311, so everybody should use 311. It really works. Um, the city can't do everything that everybody asks about, but. Um, and you can use 311 on bike lanes, correct? If it's. Yeah, you really can use it for. Or, yeah, you can. I, well, you can use it for a whole range of things traffic signals, uh, trash pickup. That's the thing that I do most commonly, is because um, people put trash out, sometimes bulk trash. Either that's purposeful because they don't know what to do with it or or it's dumping i don't know but i'll be out walking around i was out on glass street on friday looking at a a trail and there was a mattress box springs and a couch or something on the on the side of the road and i took a picture and sent it to 311 because 311 doesn't there's not enough there's not enough capacity in city government for people to just circle the streets you know we don't patrol the streets looking so you have to tell like right. the citizens we're relying on citizens to tell us where the stuff is um so I, I do it a lot and, you know, it tends to work. Um, what do you but, but the, the boardwalk back to that is, I, I think we will need as I, I really want us to expand our system. And I think mayor Kelly does too. I think more and more people are using it. This is an outdoor community. People want to be outside. You can use it for recreation. You can also use it now that we've got a system 
you can use it to get somewhere. And if you if you live if you live in a certain if you live within a certain distance, you can you can use the Greenway well, and especially, Riverwalk system to get somewhere. Especially St. Elmo, that was huge connecting St. Elmo. Yeah. No one wants to ride a bike down Broad Street and there's no sidewalks. Yeah, right. And, and Broad Street isn't pleasant. Getting over at Chattanooga Creek and yeah. the railroad tracks and that's that one section is very important for St. Elmo. Yeah. So I think, and I don't know how to do this. I've, this is what I mentioned to my colleague in parks maintenance. I think there'll need to be some sort of volunteer effort. Um, I've been to other cities where the greenway systems are sort of half governed by volunteers, you know, and there's an organization around that to the pine needles and leaves are, can be treacherous to a cyclist on a boardwalk because it makes it slippery. Um, so be careful if you're on your, if you're on your bike on, on a boardwalk, especially the South Chick Creek Greenway, which is in the woods. So, Pine needles and leaves are going, and acorns, you know, can also be a slip hazard, are going to be on the the, the platform. And a boardwalk, a board, I don't know what the combo is, but the boardwalk plus leaves can create, especially when you start to get some algae growth on it, it can be really, really slippery. Well, I was on it two days ago, South uh-huh. Chick, and a lot of it was pressure wash. Someone. Oh, good. I don't, and I don't know who's responsible for that, but. It what, looked, what segment was it? Um. The first one, the first wood section you come to, which is after you cross that bridge, um, the first bridge, and before you get to, uh, what's that neighborhood called? Um, the uh, Waterside? Water, yeah, Water, Water Haven. Haven. Water Haven, Haven. Yeah. yeah. That section right there. Yeah. I'm trying to visualize that section. I can, I can, that's about where it turns into pavement. You get on it um, right at that dead end road that goes to the dump. Yeah, that's North Hawthorne. North Hawthorne. That's where you went. You parked there, and oh no, I rode from here. You rode from here. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That section is particularly. Oh, by the way, that 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 section is going to be closed. Um, but I will give a lot of credit to my colleagues. We, at for they're doing a major construction pro- project. The city is at the North Hawthorne. That that's where if you if you have a truckload of brush, you can yeah, take your brush there. Yes. You can also take paint there on certain days and stuff like that. So they're doing a major construction project there, um, and and initially the idea was you might just have to close it, and it and we just thought, man, we've spent so much time and so much effort to build the system, it's finally going to open, and then to just close it, um, we had a detour down into the neighborhood, but the streets really aren't very friendly for cyclists and pedestrians, and so we worked out a detour that will that will minimize the inconvenience. So there will be a detour, but um, it'll be closed for a period. It might have to be closed for a day or two here and there, or a week yeah. and two week or two here and there, but. Just be where that's happening. I don't know. Maybe later this fall. Why would why would it be? I'm I'm confused. Why it would the, be closed? The project is a, um, a a sewer stormwater related project, and so they have to do construction in the creek. So so there's no there's no getting around it. Yep. Um, the 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 trail will have to be deconstructed and rebuilt when the project is finished. Okay. So. Um, you know, I think the, the the property is big enough where if, and I don't know, I'm not on that project, so I don't know what the latest is, but I had a meeting out there a few months ago where we kind of walked it and tried to figure out, we, we came to a conclusion about the the best and least impactful to, to Greenway travelers that would just kind of go use the property as a detour rather than have to go all the way down to Wilder Street, which, exactly. would, be, which would be a real bummer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, and if it was pressure washed, you know, I don't know that, I guess that was... Parks maintenance staff that did yeah, that. They I, just pressure washed it. That's great. Not the whole thing, but portions. Yeah, portion of it. Of it. Yeah. The the actual wood. The, wood. the boardwalk. Yeah. I mean, it tricked me at first. I thought it was new wood. It looked really clean. Yeah, really and interesting. Just pressure washed it. 
Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to make a note. I'm going to make a note to ask about that. So do you have any idea how long that section it will be closed for? I don't off the top of my head. Like I said, we're trying to create a detour, so any closure, uh, any closures would be just sort of like operational logistics closures, either for 24 hours or maybe a yeah. week at worst. And the detour would be on the city property there? At, be, they've got to work that out, but that was the deal. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody wants to make sure there's so many people that use it, and especially for transportation. If people have gotten accustomed to using it for transportation, right. if you just close it, you know, like what if you just closed Broad Street? Like right. You just can't do it. You know, people have to get somewhere. So uh, we're, we're trying to make sure that we do it the best way we can. I'm trying to find something to put a note in here. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, keep going. Okay, so what other Greenway projects do you have? Oh, well, we've got to, so I, so I made a list and I should... Uh, that's where I should caveat. We, we're we're doing our plan, so you know, none, none of we haven't decided what we can't do everything. I wish we could. We can't do everything. We don't have the money, yeah, or the time to do everything. M- maybe one day we'll do everything, but we haven't decided what we're going to do first. So um, I can tell you, sort of an order of like development, like projects that have progressed farther towards reality. Um, the University Greenway is probably the first one to mention where there's a feasibility study that is inclusive of both the northern extension and the southern extension. The northern extension is also in the vicinity of a major transportation project called the 3rd and 4th Street Improvements Project. Oh, tell me about that. I've, I've not heard of this. Trying, We've got a lot of support of the stakeholders in the area, the hospitals, the university to make the third street area more walkable and better a better place for everybody to do all kinds of things um and make the public realm more more pleasant for people um you know third street urban renewal was is a general term used for a lot of major infrastructure work that happened in the 50s 60s and 70s and it was geared towards accommodating the automobile and the uh, Third Street area was built as an urban renewal project. The the Third Street we call it the Third Street flyover. You know everything was built as a way to to prevent the car from having to stop, to allow for easy flow of automobile traffic, and that 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 was perceived to be a good thing, and and in some respects still is a good thing because we still move around mostly by cars, but it has a negative effect on the the comfort and safety for people walking and crossing biking and you've got a university and a hospital that has a lot of people. So I think there's a bigger and better opportunity to create an urban environment that is in some respects an extension of the city. So the third and fourth street project is a federally grant funded project that the department of transportation has been working on, um, for, for eight years really to, um, build more of an urban network in third and fourth street uh, create new intersections with Riverfront Parkway so that there's more opportunities for Amnicola and Riverfront traffic to get into the city, um, which can help with traffic because it creates more opportunities for more direct routes to people's destinations. And when you create more intersections, you also, because you can de-emphasize the space for the car, it can make it more comfortable for people. So we're creating opportunities for people to get almost like what we did with the 21st Century Waterfront, where we, where we de-emphasize the car on Riverfront Parkway with the idea that 
we wanted people to have better and safer access to the river. We're in some respects doing that a little bit farther east. Um, and there will be new intersections um, at Riverfront Parkway that enable connections to the Riverwalk. So back to the Greenway, the University Greenway, which currently ends at 3rd Street, is not a part of that project, but it will make a lot of sense to extend the Greenway, you know, uh, what's the word, um, concurrently with that project because you're making walkable improvements to the area anyway. So if we can continue the Greenway and connect it in, straight into the Riverwalk, which is just right over there um, from that area, that would be super. And the southern end is going to be a little bit more challenging because part of that rail right-of-way is still active, and that makes it off-limits for greenway traffic, at least in that particular area. So we got to figure out some sort of temporary routes, and by temporary, that might be decades, temporary routes to get from where it ends in MLK down to um, eventually to Chestnut Street. So that's one I mentioned. And then an Alton Park connector. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're familiar with that one? Yeah, that one's going down. That one's all yeah. oh, green yeah, it's, light. It's, so that one's phased. Uh, the Department of Transportation is working on the first phase with a developer partner, um, which is a lot. I didn't mention that earlier, but a lot of times we need partnerships. Um, sometimes that's the easiest way to do it. And thankfully now, probably more so than 20 or 30 years ago, the property developers see the value. You know, that, that neighborhood, uh, Waterhaven, the, the stories, I wasn't involved at the time, but the stories are that they were really scared that the yeah. Greenway was going in. And they put up these opaque fences. Yeah. But now you went there, right? And yeah. we, you see, like, people have put in gates. Like, they want, they want to, they've got, like, little patios that face the Greenway. They want to, they want to access it. Mm-hmm. So I think that cha- it's changed. People see it as, oh, I can use that. They see it as a value, not as a intrusion. Um. So there's a partnership with a developer who's building some housing on 33rd Street. 33rd Street is, uh, yes. there's a signal there. It's where one of the uh, Channel 12 uh-huh. is at 33rd Street. So the developer is building the is Greenway that... along their frontage. Yes, I know exactly which are. Okay, there, so there used to be a big warehouse and it all got plowed and they're doing groundwork right now. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, they're doing groundwork. Yeah. So they'll build the Greenway. Um, Along their frontage, I want to I want to guess that it's a thousand feet or so. Is that using the old um, railway? Yeah, corridor. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that's a good example that I am familiar with. Uh, one of the foundations, maybe both. Uh, I think it was Benwood um, provided funding. Um, it was Benwood provided funding to purchase that property from the railroad when it became available, or when I guess we asked them if we could buy it. They purchased it. They donated it to the Trust for Public Land, who then donated it to the city mm-hmm. for the purpose of building this greenway. So that's that's part of like again back to that process. That's like that happens along the way where where the public we really benefit from the generosity of people buying land that's worth something, and to be able to put a public facility on it is really valuable. And then along comes a developer who sees that value as well, who puts its own money into this public infrastructure. They didn't, they're not just, they did it under the condition that the city would also put public money into it. So we're building the part from the Riverwalk, which is currently under construction at St. Elmo Avenue down the hill behind Crest Pizza. So we'll create a connection there. Are you going to leave build Greenway up? Are you going to leave that bridge? Are you going to go over the current? Not now. The bridge will stay, mm-hmm. but the, the Greenway Riverwalk system doesn't use the bridge currently. It goes under the bridge. The Riverwalk goes under the bridge 
and then the Alton Park connector will come up alongside the road. There's that embankment. Yeah. It will come up alongside that embankment. On the north side of the a, road. To a crossing of Broad Street. Yeah. And then it'll go over. It will end It'll end about halfway between Broad Street and uh, Alton Park Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And then so phase two, maybe two and three. I don't think we know whether it'll take one more phase or two more phases or three. We'll take from where it ends eastward to eventually to Southside Community Park, which is a city park over off of Central Avenue and 38th Street. Which they just redid, I believe. Yeah, they we just built. We just built pavilion. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was it's a brand it new even, park. I didn't know yeah. if it was okay, remodeled or anything. It's brand new. Yeah, I don't. It opened. I want to want to say three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Was was constructed in the Burke administration, and um, so it's there now, and um, it's great. Yeah. Okay. So so continuing geographically, I don't know that this one is next in line in terms of terms of uh but but we can connect from there over to do you know where crabtree farms is uh-huh yeah yeah so trust for public land has also worked on that but then um, you have to get over the river somehow right yeah we can yeah. do it yeah we did it with the with the south chick creek you we can do twice. it twice yeah yeah we'll have to there'll have to be a bridge structure at some point the is that the chattanooga creek that's the chattanooga, chattanooga creek, creek yeah. yeah um it's i've never done it but i want to get in a boat and go on the chattanooga creek have you done that <laughs> Not a motorboat, it's a, funny a, a, a say, kayak. Yeah, I have gone from uh, the Tennessee River upstream to, uh, what's that development? Basically right after it crosses the river trail. Wait, on the Chattanooga Creek? Yeah. After it crosses the river trail? Yeah. So. Oh, not that far. The river, mean like, I mean the river walk. Yeah, I'm half mile or something. Yeah, half mile. Like yeah. we're, we're um, oh, sorry, I moved away from the microphone. You're talking about... That you're talking about right that before, series of kind of townhomes back behind yes, Broad Street. Yeah. Yes, right before it gets to Broad Street. Yeah, is where it came out. And why did you go only that far? Does it get too shallow where you can't go farther, or you just weren't interested in going? That's farther? as far as we went. That was like the idea. The project was ending there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happens further upstream, but you can. It's all clear. There's. Uh, it's all yeah. cleaned out. And you, Randy Wharton, he does a really good job of cleaning that creek. So sometimes you get log jams and stuff, and he goes down there. Randy, yeah, yeah, he I keeps did. it clean. He's a he's. It's like there's two or three of them. Yeah, like, how does he do all I that? I don't know how he does it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to do that, and I'll, I'd also like to do Lookout Creek, and and I've done South Chick, but I've not gone up real far on South Chick on a, on a boat. How far up have you gone? On South I've Chick? gone up to where it kind of feels like rapids. Yeah, um, there's a couple spots. Yeah, from the Tennessee going up. Uh huh. So Lightfoot Mill has one. Um, yeah. And then there's another. Rack. I don't. I've got not gone past that. Can, oh, is, have, a, is it deep enough for a boat to traverse? Are you talking about a boat with a motor? No, a kayak. Oh yeah, flatwater kayak. Oh yeah. for sure. I take my Hobie. I mean, what's a Hobie? A Hobie is a pedal kayak. So it has a, a pedal drive. You pedal it like a bicycle, but it's oh, a mechanical okay. drive. Okay. I just did uh, Camp Jordan to um, Tennessee River downstream. Yeah. How long did it take? Mm, I don't remember. A couple hours. Is yeah. Does the current get you? At the beginning, and then it flattens out by yeah. Waterhaven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. That's great. There's so you did it with two people, I guess, so you could shuttle back? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Now there's... And you could do like a bike thing like where you take your bike to the to the river and lock it. Well... And then drive, and then you... Since you brought this up, <laughs> I will tell you what I have done before. Um, I tow my kayak with my bike. Yes, I've fantasized about that before. That's great. So I do that. So I towed it from right here in Southside River Trail over to Wilder Road, crossed Mm -hmm. for railroad tracks, got onto Lightfoot Mill Road. 
Uh, uh, that's a not a fun street to bike on. Well, I've done, I've done it. It's I had, not... And I had to push in a couple spots. But, um, oh, yeah, because of the dogs? No, because of the cars. Yeah. There's also a pretty bad dog situation okay. over there, too. Okay. But anyway. You know, a little water bottle? Uh, Is that how you deal with it, or you just go fast? I just uh, hope. think positive. <laughs> That's about He's all. just saying hello? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then I got to Lightfoot Mill Road, and then I put the bike into the kayak. I strap it on top, um, and then I kayaked all the way. Oh, my God. All the way on the South Chick, got on Tennessee River, pulled out at... Uh, what did I pull out at? The duck boat launch on Cameron no. Harbor. Wow. And now, okay. I'm, now I'm back on the river trail and ride home. With your boat again or yep. do you leave your boat there? Tow, tow it. All self-sufficient. Uh, that's a day though. I mean, that's a full day. Yeah, it was. I think it was two hours on the bike portion just getting from south side to Lightfoot Mill Road. I think it was two hours. But. There's an event around that that I've thought about for a long time. Is it some sort of a some sort of a river to trail to whether it's a race or just a there just are, a challenge? No, I'm saying I'm not saying there is. Oh, that's I'm what saying you want to do. There's the makings of a, yeah. I, I'm not. Sure. I'm not. I don't want to do it. I'm not an event manager, but like there's something there. Yeah, that would be very Chattanooga. Well, I've been waiting for years for the South Chick Greenway to be finished to make it easier to get there, and I want to do it from Camp Jordan. Yeah. So I'm I'm just now I want to see your contraption. If I can get permission, I'd love to do yeah. it with you. Yeah. But I want to see your contraption. I don't know how I would. My my touring kayak is a. I don't I don't think I could put a bike on it. I guess I could figure anything out. You can but... figure it out. You might have to take your wheels off or build a little uh, rack or something. Now, do you tow your kayak? Never you? have towed it. So there's a guy in town that'll make you a trailer. Who's that? Justin Bird. He's his brand is uh, Never Rest is his kind of brand. Okay. So uh, he's built one for another guy in town, Tyler Wachlowski. Okay. Um, so Tyler is and Tyler I, the guy that works for? Does he do? Um, does he do uh, Tyler? Does he work for the city? Does he work for Blue Cross yeah, Blue yeah. Shield? Yeah, Tyler does stuff for the city. Yeah. In the wellness center. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know Tyler. Yeah. Okay. So he's the one that I do these little kayak bike riding adventures with. Yeah, yeah, that's but, great. But I'm, yeah, I'm waiting for. Uh, I'm really waiting for Camp Jordan to open up to do. That's going to be the complete project. Is is going from there? That's but, great. But you can even kayak further upstream from Camp Jordan. Yeah, I can't picture where it goes. Mm. I guess it goes under I seventy five, doesn't it? I don't know how it snakes around the west. Chickamauga Creek goes under 75 right there, but the South Chick keeps going into, I believe it's, yeah. Oh boy. I forget the name of the town there, but graceful. I don't know. I'd have to look at map, hmm. but I, th you may be able to get on the South Chick around Tunnel Hill in Georgia. That's, that's just looking at Google maps. That yeah. looks like about the spot where yeah. you'd still have enough water flow. We live in a great place. We do. And there's so much, you know, kayaking around Chattanooga. When you talk about kayaking, everyone just assumes whitewater. And we have great whitewater. But if you're not into whitewater, there's a lot of good flat water. And we're not even talking about Sasquatchy Valley. You can go over there. And yeah. I'm quite interested in uh, the North Chick from Soddy Daisy all the way down. I heard it has a bunch of logs in it. You, you, I listened to your um, Tim Larimore podcast yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Um, 
I was intrigued by. I'm not a whitewater. I gave it a try for a couple of years, but it scared me. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. You, I don't do it. I, I just I've, don't. I'm not comfortable in the water. I tell people I've swam, I think, every rapid in the Akoa. That's what I, I had a whitewater kayak for two or three years, and I learned. I went to the trouble of learning how to roll. Yeah. You know, so I'm in a pool. It's, yeah. You know, it's like you can do it. And then when I get in the rapids, I'm a spaz. When I turn upside down, I'm not interested in rolling. I'm interested in getting out of that boat. Yeah. And I can't overcome that. And so then it was like, if I can't roll, I can't, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. So I stopped. But uh, yeah, I did, I did the, the flatwater kayak. I did a, a trip. I was telling somebody about this recently. I did a trip. A friend of mine and I committed and unfortunately have not fulfilled our commitment to paddle the entire Tennessee. Mm. I was intrigued by Randy. I don't know if I've ever talked to Randy about what he's done. Uh, stand up paddle boarding the yeah. entire river. Yeah, he does a, I uh, forget what he calls it, but it's like this, it's does, the whole section of Tennessee, the Tennessee River in Tennessee. Doesn't he do the paddle, paddling and then do the trail? Does yeah, well, he did the Cumberland Loop is what yeah. he calls it yeah. for his 60th birthday. And he trail ran the Cumberland Trail and then paddleboarded back home in, I think, 18 days. It's amazing. Yeah, he's a beast. So I was with a friend in when I was in graduate school in Knoxville. We decided that we were going to do these trips. And we did about five to ten multi-day trips where we, you know, it's like backcountry hiking. You know, you put all your gear and food that will last a few days in, in the kayaks. They weigh them, I and they get pretty heavy when they're weighted down. And yeah, um, we just camped where we could figure it out. This is before we had, some people had cell phones, but neither one of us did. It was certainly before smartphones 20 years ago. Um, we got about, we got about halfway down into Alabama where it starts. I don't think we quite made it to Decatur, but I can't remember if we made it to Decatur or not. And then he had a family and just, it's, it's, uh, every, if I call it, like I told somebody yesterday, if I called him right now, we'd say, still want to finish that trip, you know? That get to get to the Ohio. How many uh, month, How long did you? Was the first push? Uh, the first trip we took. Did you do it in stages was, or? We did. Oh yeah, we did it in stages. Yeah, yeah, we did it in stages. That's also why it gets hard. We just, we both you know we were either in graduate school or had full time jobs and just didn't have the luxury of taking a month off and doing it. So we would do a spring break trip. I think that was the first one was a spring spring break trip, and I think we did maybe six days and five nights. And you pack down. The Tennessee River is flat. I mean, it's not. The current is negligible. Yeah. So you're going three miles an hour. So, you know, six, seven hours of paddling, you're you're doing 20 miles. And so that's like the river. I think the river length is eight or 900, uh, maybe 500, 600. It's, yeah. it's hundreds. For sure it's hundreds. So it takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time to do it. But I, that was the first trip we did. I think we went from Knoxville we came back later and did the segment in a day from where the Tennessee River technically begins, where I think it's the Clinch and the French Broad come together north, just north of Knoxville. We did that section later as a day trip, but we started in downtown Knoxville right there at Neyland Stadium. And I think we went to Watts Bar in one trip, which maybe is about 100 river miles. Yeah. That's 80 a, I don't know miles. if that's a long ways. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, you need to complete the... Oh, we do. Yeah. He said, he's three or four years older than me, and he said, we'll do this before I'm 40. And I'm, I'm 50. So <laughs> I don't. I think he's probably 55. Yeah. We can still do it. We're still both physically able. Yeah, he should. It's hard to get the time off. It is. That's, it that's, is. 
really the shuttling hard. got harder when you do it in increments. You Absolutely. have to figure out. You know, when we both lived in Knoxville, it was easy. Just drive for an hour down to Watts Bar and park a car and lock it and drive back and just do your trip. But now it's like he's got to drive all the way to Chattanooga, and then we got to drive west and do the whole deal. It's just harder. Could you get a, a month furlough off work? Could you guys? I probably could. We probably both could. We're probably getting to the age where we, at some point, we can retire month, and just, finish it. Yeah, I mean, doing one. I like it. One go. Yeah. You get stronger after like the first week. That's true. You'd be ready to go. That's true. So. Do you know anything about uh, Norchick uh, Greenway potential? Yeah. Let's. Yeah, you know? we talk about Norchick. Um, again, that one's not. The city's not made any commitments, um, but I have had several really enthusiastic meetings with um, a woman named Linda Hickson, who's been working really hard on the Greenway for a long time, and two people from the state who are trying to push for Governor Lee. Apparently, has committed to finishing the Cumberland Trail. Mm-hmm. And the Cumberland Trail, as well as the Great Eastern Trail, I, I've, I, I don't consider myself an expert on either of those, so I can't really talk about where they come from or where they go, but they come into the city, and the idea of them is fantastic, especially the Cumberland Trail, which is, I think it was said to me in this first meeting, you know, the Cumberland Trail was envisioned almost as an alternative to the Appalachian Trail because the Appalachian Trail has become so popular. And the Cumberland Trail, the the, the governor apparently committed to finishing it, before the end of his first term. And so that was the sort of the premise of this first meeting that I had was how could the city help? Because the, the remaining segment is in the city. So the, so the, um, I think there's a little bit of trail that's in the County that they're working on. Um, and so it comes in again, I'm not that familiar with how it works, but it comes in somewhere a little North of Hickson high school. And the idea is that to, to, to build something like that in two years would be incredibly fast. But if we build it like a through-hike trail, you know, packed earth or gravel, that could potentially could make it a lot easier. To get it to, um, there's some existing sidewalk. So if you're talking about through-hiking the Cumberland Trail, existing sidewalk is fine. Um, not shared-use path. It's not greenway quality, but it's, but it's a connection. So there's existing si- sidewalk in and around Hickson Pike, uh, out near Hickson High School, Middle Valley Road, and Hickson High School, there's some existing sidewalk. Um, and that's actually an alternative. There was a boardwalk that was planned that's really, really expensive that I think we would eventually do. But for now, to, to achieve the, the completion of the Cumberland Trail, that's what we're focused on, is to use as much existing facility as we can and then to build some some more organic pathways that can get people where they need to be to go alongside the creek. And I think at this point you're on the western side of the creek, and you go over towards, I don't know if there's still one, I think Earth Fair closed, but there was an Earth Fair grocery store off of Hickson Pike. And that, that's where there are some, we have some easements, according to Linda, that could be used to build a trail that can go um, down, down river. I'm assuming the Norchick Creek flows into the Tennessee River. Yeah. Um, so you're pointed down river. Which again, maybe packed earth. We haven't, we haven't, again, we haven't committed to it, haven't planned anything. But if it's, if it's, if it's just walking path, um, that's the idea. Just sort of do it easy and, and quickly to fulfill the completion of the Cumberland Trail. You get to the existing Greenway. Have you been to the Greenway at, at Greenway Farms? No, I have not. No. Yeah, there's a Greenway there. Looks just like the South Chick Creek Greenway. I think it's asphalt paved, might be concrete, and I think it's some of it's asphalt. I'm, I'm not sure. Does that one allow bikes? 
at Greenwood yeah, Farms? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I should know that. But the I one, hope I'm not wrong. But the one you're talking about um, would potentially just be walking. Yes. Yeah. For now. For now. I think okay. The idea of the greenway is that it's a greenway, a shared yeah. use path that people can use use bikes on. But for now, I think it's. And I'm just again, this is this is me. I, I like the idea of helping fulfill the governor's commitment of finishing the Cumberland Trail. So just like that's sort of a minimum. Yeah. Basically. The Cumberland Trail is a is a walking path. So let's create a walking path. Finish the walking path through Chattanooga, so somebody can do do the Cumberland Trail all mm-hmm. the way through the city of Chattanooga. So if you get to the Greenway at Greenway Farms, that's built. I don't know what the length is, but it goes down uh, underneath Hamill Road. Yeah. If if you've never been to Greenway Farms, but but, but if you go to Green if you go to Greenway Farms, you go on Hamill Road one way to get there, and then. I think you cross the creek and then you turn right and then you can go into Greenway Farms. There's a couple of different places where you can park and there's all kinds of stuff there. There's a dog park. I mean, it's a city park. It's a beautiful city park, but the Greenway also goes through Greenway Farms. It goes up over the quarry and down again and ends at the dam. So then to continue that, again, to finish the Cumberland Trail, you would need to acquire some access rights or easements or property acquisition, whatever the case may be, to get you from the dam to, you know where the disc golf course is, the sinks? No. Uh, well, there's soccer fields. There's a oh, disc golf course. Yeah, by the old Lupton. There's a recycling facility. Where McCamey, um, McCamey, uh, what is McCamey? McKamey's an animal shelter. Oh, the animal, yeah, the animal thing. Yeah, all that over there. Okay. It's between the river and, is that North Access Road? Access Road? Where the old DuPont, it's, I think it's now called Cordza or Invista or something. There's a manufacturing facility on, a big manufacturing facility it used to be DuPont. Um, anyway, between Access Road and the river is land and at the, western end of that land at the base of the cb robinson bridge is public property where there's soccer fields yes. and a disc golf course mm-hmm. and a recycling center and that's also where the mckamey animal shelter is and then if we can get access on the cb robinson which has also been a project in feasibility stage for a while it's got structural challenges and traffic challenges because the bridge is controlled by the state and it's a very important alternative to the to the highway 153 yeah when and if they ever have to take it out of commission to construct to to do any construction on the dam or anything like that so they're real sensitive about giving over space for a walking or biking path but we've been working on it for a while that's uh, that's i've never heard that argument that's actually a good um point to make is Tra- it traffic is traffic for when they need to uh replace the other bridge or do maintenance yeah you know, and I, because I'm like, why don't they just put a bike lane or, you yeah. know, I've ridden it. Yeah, it's not the most comfortable thing to ride, but there's plenty of space. Yeah, there's a shoulder and it's strong. If it can handle cars, it can handle people. Yeah. So the the state, you know, the state transportation system is different than the city transportation system. They think a lot about how people get long distances, so they're thinking about higher volumes and higher speeds, and yeah. they're just the perspective is different. It's so their they're job. real sensitive about making sure they can plan for closures um and so but i think we'll get something done one way or the other 
that's such a valuable connector. I don't know how oh, many yeah. miles it is down to the Walnut Street Bridge, but it's a lot. Yeah. And so if you don't cross the river at the Walnut Street Bridge, you can't access the Riverwalk. It's not practical because you have to go miles and miles and miles downriver to get on the Walnut Street Bridge and cross again and then go back. So if you can actually cross the C.B. Robinson, mm-hmm. think about that's right where the South Jet Creek Greenway is. I know. So it opens up it's... the north side of the river to the South Jet Creek Greenway and the Riverwalk. It's incredible. So th- those are things you asked about next room is there's, that's another one. We don't really know what we're going to prioritize in, in this administration yet, but, but we'll get there. And these are exciting projects. I'd love to do them all. Yeah. Yeah. That bridge is so important to be yeah. able to walk across and ride a bike across. That yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah. You could do your, you could do your, your boat thing over the CB Robinson and go up and put it in the i guess that's whitewater though isn't it north chick creek is whitewater uh only 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 when from it rains Saudi up okay so yeah, it's flat I, water through yeah i guess yeah. it is yeah that'd be nice yeah I, it would be so nice to have a bike trail along the north chick all those people from Saudi daisy can get into town you agreed it's a it would just be a great mm-hmm. it'd be a great asset mm-hmm. you know you're talking about um, finishing the Cumberland Trail, the Great Eastern Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so Randy's quick and dirty proposal, which is to get on by Middle Creek. So um, from Walnut Street Bridge, um, maybe you could get some access near those, um, going to Moxon Bend, um, try to get some access by the railroad tracks that go and then into Baylor, Okay. And then there's a concrete plant, and you could run a trail behind the big uh, concrete plant right there on Suck Creek Road. Okay. And there's very few, there's just less property owners to get permission from. And then you're by Middle Creek. I don't know where Middle Creek is. Oh, Middle Creek is um, right before you get to Suck Creek Road. Um, They have that waterfall that comes out of the rock. That's up there, like a quarter mile hike from the road. It's it's traditionally where everyone's cars get breaking and broken into. Um, it's before you go up Suck Creek. It's uh, the first creek on your right when you're driving. Yeah, that's I, and I play disc golf a little bit, so I've been over yeah. to there to Portland Park. Yeah, and I can, I, but I can't picture. That's weird. I guess there's a creek right there. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, oh, is that Middle Creek? Oh. That must be Middle Creek. Does, does Middle? Do you, are you familiar with Portland Park? Uh, where that's the, the one. Where the disc golf course yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Does the creek go? Is no. the creek to the west no. of Portland Park? Uh, you get on. You get on. Um, it's right past River Drifters. You know the restaurant there on Set Creek Road. Oh, it's well down. Okay, it's down the. I see. I don't know what River Drifters is, but oh, it's that restaurant there, right across from the boat launch. On the on the Tennessee River. Yeah, just follow. Uh, just follow Set Creek. Yeah. road it's still in the valley though before it starts yep. to go up right yep. uh-huh or does it go along it's the no, there's, that's suck creek okay yeah. where is it related let to me suck see creek? this farm i'll show you it's uh suck creek. right here yeah right there oh i was almost there yeah, yeah. so right there is the cumberland trail edwards point so, oh, so if, yeah. if the governor's in a hurry to get this done in two years, that's a, 
that's a way that Randy has done, and he's thinks that's a viable, faster way yeah. than through Norchick. I'm gonna make a note to reach out to Randy. Yeah. I didn't make my note earlier because I didn't. I got distracted. Let's see here. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Do you remember what the other note was that I was going to make? I know. I forgot. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> we need it. You need a little. Well, you're recording, you need, so yeah, you can. Even li- one of us <laughs> listens to this again, we'll know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. What else should we talk about? Well, maybe you're the guy I should ask this question to. Are you familiar with Rosemary Hill? No. It's um, a big mound on the newest section of the river walk. It's Oh, yeah. You know how it goes up that river walk, yeah. goes up that hill? Yeah. Um, it's privately owned, but I envision it to be a nice park for the city. I would like it if the city would buy it and put a park there instead of condos which are you know yeah. probably gonna happen instead i was well it could be both could be both yeah um but it's a beautiful spot that i think would be really nice for I, I don't know that i've heard it called rosemary what'd you call it? Rosemary, rosemary hill yeah i think it's a graffiti i would assume you're talking it. about the segment it's the only hill it's the only hill yeah it's gotta be the same it's between the highway and the river yes yeah um yeah, I don't. I don't know much about what the plans are, but it is privately owned, and I think uh, I, I'm as an architect and an urban designer. I think you can do both. I think, in fact, I would say I think you know preserved public space, like in the woods, that's mm-hmm. different. You know, there's a need for that, but urban public space actually benefits from development because you get an eyes on the street kind of quality, and if things are done right, and if somebody's smart about the space, you can create public space for people that also has private space next to it. I mean, that's really what our streets are, right? The, yeah. The street right out, right outside your house is public space and you've got eyes on it. So, you know, or your neighbors are walking their dogs, so it feels safe. And that's a, that's a good thing. It can be done badly, but it can also be done well. I don't know if there's enough room up there for that, but that's, yeah. you know, somebody that, that designs and builds things. I think you can, I think you can do both. Yeah. But that's an interesting thought. Yeah, have you thought of any other parks? Because that we didn't talk about much about parks, but the the master plan that we're doing is also parks. I think we've got lots of parks, but there's always you know pub, how do you how do you get public space well, for people? Rosemary Hill, Rosemary Put a Hill. Park there. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's I know. What I'm asking. For, right, I, I know. Guess. Yeah, I, mean, I was trying to pivot and say what other yeah. what other kinds of places. I, I I might go up there and take a look at well, it. I've yeah. been up there many times. Um, yeah, it's it would it's certainly prominent. Yeah, and it's a it's a nice view of the city, and it would be really cool if it could be a big open area. You know, like Coolidge Park is wonderful, yeah. and I'm glad that 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 we have Coolidge Park. And you know, there's only so much land in the city, and I I realize people have to live places, but um, yeah, that you also want to have your city be beautiful and not built you know, only. Yeah, only townhouses yeah agreed i think cameron harbor did a pretty good job with having the they they j- did jam a lot of houses in there but you know there's some art and the river trail goes right in front of all the houses uh-huh. and i think that's that's good yeah and riverfront parkway is that's something i'm proud of is if you go back to 2010 mm-hmm. and look at riverfront parkway um 
if you do a before and after, it's amazing. The transformation, the transformation of Riverfront Parkway to what it is now. It was totally a highway. Mm -hmm. It was a highway. And you could argue there's still some improvements that could be made. Cars still go too fast. I don't know that it's the safest place for people, but it's a lot better than it was. And that's partly because we created on-street parking. You know, we went from two lanes to one in each direction and created on-street parking. But then I think more importantly, there's development. And that's to my point. Yeah, you don't want to overdevelop, but sometimes having people live right next to public space really, really helps. But it's a totally different. The poorhouse helps as well. Like there's people coming and going. Yeah. People people the the former police chief uh chief fletcher he used to say you know streets that have people on them are safer for people and it's true it's like there's a contagious effect when people are on the sidewalks it's safer are there any proposed greenways in to get from getting from highland park into downtown a little easier than mlk uh yeah um that's another one um, we call the East Line. Are you familiar with that one? No, I'm not. Um, yeah, gosh. So again, like caveat, it's not, not, the city hasn't made any commitments. Yeah. Uh, Matt Lyle, uh, who's a friend and, and also architect, has done, like, like Jim Johnson, has done a lot of volunteer work around the East Line, which is the name that, that has emerged for also an, an underused rail right-of-way. It's not abandoned but it's just not currently being used that it's actually a combination of different things. So I'm going to do this map thing again. This isn't, this is an upside down L. Um, it's actually a, I'm not sure what that is. L you, you, you turn it 90 degrees and then flip it over. So imagine where city hall is. Yep. There's a railroad right of way between 10th and 11th street just one block east of City Hall. Um, I was just trying to think of another landmark there. There's a an arts, I think it's Arts Build. There's a there's an arts organization at the corner of 11th, and so embarrassed I should know what that is. Um, it's a two or three story building there at the corner of 11th and King Street, and behind it is a railroad right of way that travels eastward. Um. I can't think of how it goes under. Maybe that's not right. I think the railroad right-of-way goes eastward, but but then it's got to go underneath and they have the other railroad right-of-way that's the University Greenway that goes over to the Moxie. Somehow or another, it's got to get under that, and I can't picture that. Maybe maybe it needs to skirt over and go down 10th or 11th, but then it may skip over and go to the east side of the railroad right-of-way that, that, that's, that's the future University Greenway. On the east side of that is where a lot of the homeless encampments are mm-hmm. in between 10th and 11th that goes eastward and eventually goes underneath 11th street and goes over to central avenue mm-hmm. and then and then crosses one way or the other i think at grade and becomes either 13th or 14th street which is the southern boundary of the national cemetery so keep imagining you're going eastward to holtz claw and then it goes kind of diagonal across holtz claw and turns into anderson avenue which is also a former rail right-of-way it goes east all the way to about Watkins Street, Willow, Watkins. That's real close to Dodds Avenue. And then it turns south, so that's where the L comes in. It's an elbow. Um, it goes south 
along just east of Watkins Street. And Watkins Street's not continuous, so it makes its way somehow or another to 23rd Street, crosses 23rd Street, and then there actually is a I-24 overpass that people don't even know is there. That's a former railroad right-of-way. Still is a railroad right-of-way, but it's how the trains actually went underneath the highway when it was built. Goes to the other side of I- to the East Lake side of I-24 and goes continues going southward. It's pretty continuous there. It's either next to 8th Avenue or 10th Avenue. In that part of town, the streets that go north-south are called avenues. So 4th Avenue, there's there's a highway exit for 4th Avenue, 4th Avenue, 5th Avenue, 6th Avenue, 7th, 8th, 10th. It goes all the way up to like 14th or 15th, all the way up into the ridge, starts to get up onto the ridge. So you're about a block west of and parallel to Dodds Avenue, and it ends at the East Lake Community Center, city facility. And then just on the other side of Dodds Avenue, right before that is East Lake Park, which is a beautiful city park that we just redid. Um, so that's the the idea. Is, there is an idea. There's been no funding again, or no no commitment to to doing it. But the idea is to convert that what is in some cases former railroad right of way, in some cases city street, in some cases developer property to a greenway system called the East Line. It's also really exciting. So yeah. yeah, that could get you from Highland Park, Ridgedale, Oak Grove, East Lake any number of neighborhoods. I might have missed one or two, but those are the neighborhoods in that part of town, as well as through, I guess you call that, I guess you call that the MLK neighborhood in the 11th and 10th Street area. That would be, that would be fantastic. I yeah. love that. It's, it sure would. That would be. You know, when you start to think about, and that's the other part of my my new job that I get really excited about is connectivity um, there's, this would be collaborative, but the idea is like, we have this system, you know, again, we've talked about, it takes decades to build out greenway systems. So which ones are we going to focus on and how long is it going to take to build them? East line, university greenway, North Chick Creek greenway. Um, some of the greenways on the North shore that you mentioned, Randy and Jim has worked on a lot, the lookout Valley connector, all of those are like big, really important, really nice, high quality greenway systems. But then how do you get to them? It'd be ideal if we had a city full of greenways and everybody lived on a greenway, but that's not probably feasible. Uh, so how do you create sidewalk connectors or we call neighborhood greenways. That's the term we use for Virginia Avenue, which is a great example. A neighborhood greenway, that's a term used in other cities where you take a city street and you don't do a 12-foot shared-use path, but you but it's a low-traffic, low-speed street that still functions for cars, but you you try to de-emphasize the cars and you sign it and brand it and tell people that Virginia Avenue we did for a quarter of a million dollars, which is peanuts. That's a really, really small project cost. We built that and it was new paving where we needed it. It was stop signs to make the cross traffic stop. It was in some cases bollards to discourage car traffic from going through on Virginia Avenue. Um, in a couple of locations, we tr- we made it one way so we could have a bike path on the road because there are some houses that face Virginia Avenue. And that was it. And then Lindhurst paid for signage. So now it's signed and branded. People use it as a park oh, yeah. in St. Elmo. They just go out for a stroll and take their dogs or take their, their stroller. You can also use it to get somewhere. It's like that hi- that idea of neighborhood greenways. How do people that live in neighborhoods like you, like how do you get to the greenway system? Because that's the Cadillac of our system. That's the part of my job I haven't quite gotten into yet, my new job, which is I'm excited about. How do you use traffic calming and signage and branding and communications and maybe some sidewalks here and there to, to try to spread 
the benefits of our greenway system to more people in Chattanooga. Do you have any thoughts on Main Street, East Main? Yeah, what, what, what do you mean? Like, well, it's quite narrow, and it's four lanes right now, um, and it feels like the, your mirrors are going to hit those telephone poles anytime you drive by it, yeah. drive down it. And do you, do you see what a solution for that street? Yeah. Oh, that's not really my purview anymore, but I will say we, we looked at that in the Department of Transportation, and I would assume that uh, the Division of Transportation is still looking at it. It's a state route, so anything we do to it would require um, – cooperation of the state um but i will say i'm not an engineer but i've learned a lot about transportation four lanes is challenging and doesn't have an additive effect like so four let's say four lanes is is two lanes in each direction yeah so if you went to three lanes you'd have one lane in each direction and a turn lane yeah and i would argue that four lanes is not twice as beneficial to cars as two lanes um, because the four lane street, one, it's very narrow, um, which results in a lot of side swipes. Um, although the, the opposite effect is that I think when there's a lot of friction, like figuratively cars are tend to be more cautious. So that can be a good thing for nar- narrow, narrow lanes can be a good thing because it can make cars, but there's not, there's always people out there that are not smart that's about a, how they drive. That's, so that's like the same principle. I heard of uh, guardrails on curvy roads. Uh, oh, they, it tends to make cars go faster. Yeah, more yeah. accidents on on roads with guardrails on curvy roads yeah. than if they don't have one. I guess, like if you're a climber, which I'm not, but maybe you're going to be more risky if you're tied to a, a yeah. harness than if you're free climbing. For sure, uh, um, you'll make more foolish decisions. So, um, anyway, the point of that was like if you have two, if you have two lanes in each direction. The, the lane in the middle becomes a de facto turn lane. Mm-hmm. So you're using two space, the space for two lanes that could be used for one in, in a three-lane configuration. That's what we did on MLK. It was yeah. four lanes, and we turned it into three. And we didn't hear a whole lot of complaints from car drivers. I think people, people recognize that it might take a little bit longer during rush hour. It really doesn't take that much longer, I don't think. Um, people are most frustrated from a perception standpoint when they're sitting in a traffic signal and there's like 15 cars in front of them and they can see the red light turn to green. And then when it turns to red again, you get frustrated, but you're talking about 30 seconds in the grand scheme of things, maybe a minute in your overall commute. And that's really at the peak time in the afternoon or the peak time in the morning. Otherwise it's, I think calmer, safer, and less stressful to even to drive on a three lane street because the four lane streets are that, that friction is weird. And when you stop in that middle lane to turn left, like as a driver myself, I'll, every time I'm on a street like that, I'm concerned that the person behind me is looking at their phone or whatever, and they don't realize that I'm stopping. Yeah. Whereas when you have a street with a dedicated turn lane in the middle, you can actually get out of the way. Is, would it, is it wide enough to do three lanes and two bike lanes? I don't it's, think so. It's so skinny. It's, it's really so skinny. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so, you know, you, we'd have to, I, I think there's something that can be done to make main street a little better. I just don't, I don't know that four lanes is really useful to anybody. Um, it, it probably does move car traffic faster during rush hour, but I, so I don't know. That's not, it's not for me to say at this point, what, what would happen with main street. And there's a lot of residential being built there yeah. right now. And in the future, a lot of huge projects going on. Um, so there will be even more traffic there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take the, you're right. I mean, yes, you, you put in a, a 20 unit residential building and there's 20 new cars, 
but I tend to think that traffic is caused by people driving through an area, not by people living in it. Okay. So, you know, people living in it actually creates more, there's more people walking on Main Street now than there were 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not as much east of Central, uh, but you can imagine that happening because think about what Main Street look, how long have you been here? I've been here for about six years. Yeah. It's, it's, if you could, if you said you'd been here 10 years, I think the, I mean, you can use Google Street View and see it, but even from, I'm going to say Will Hoyt, around where State of Confusion is, mm-hmm. to the east, totally feels different than it did 10 years ago. You see people walking on both sides of the street. You see people bi- biking. People live on the street. And yeah, that might cause more traffic, but I think, again, I think the traffic is caused by people that are using it to get through the area, not people that live in the area. People that live in the area can actually walk to need lives or walk to work or, um, you know, it's impractical to walk everywhere because our city is big and spread out. But, you know, I, I and again, I, from earlier, I think people can live alongside good public space and sometimes it actually benefits the public space to have people do that. So I don't know. Again, I don't know that four lanes, yeah, four lanes is better than three. From a from the movement of traffic standpoint, but is it worth it given how narrow it is and uncomfortable and stressful it is to it drive is, on Main Street? It is stressful. Yeah. So. Well, do you have anything else you want to? This has been great. I, I, yeah, I said to you when you reached out. I've I've listened to your podcast since you started. Um, it's so good. It's so cool. It's it's just great to. Uh, I just like the idea of this is a city of people. Uh, it's there's a whole bunch of characters in this town. There's and a lot of characters. I guess that's the that's the way it is everywhere, but I think um I'm from here, so it's nice to um it's nice to have conversations. Well, I'm, I'm not from here, but I I moved here on purpose and I do think Chattanooga has more than the average city of cool people. Yeah. But I mean, anecdotal maybe it's not true, but P- people are attracted to being here and that's yeah. we sh- we I think we all benefit from that. Yeah, where I came from, people weren't moving there just because they wanted to be there. And now I'm in a city where people come here on purpose. It's cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Where'd you, where'd, where'd, I know I Michigan. From, uh, Lansing, Michigan. That's where Michigan. I, I lived for about 10 years before this. Um, but. Yeah, uh, John, do you know John Sweet? Mm-mm. So he's a Michiganer. Um, he'd be an interesting person to talk to. He's done a lot of things in Chattanooga. It's also adopted Chattanooga as a home. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, I'm so thankful that you thought to reach out and, David mentioned my name, and um, happy to meet you. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, Keep doing the good work. It's great. Well, thank it's you. it's for stunning that you just have these conversations. And at least for me, they're interesting. You're Jeff. I, told, I texted you, but you're Jeff Styles. Yeah. One, I can't. You talked to him for two hours. Yeah, that guy's got a lot to say. He does have a lot to um, say. And he's and been practicing for years. He's huh? been practicing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was easy on me, but that was that was a fun conversation. He was right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm spoiled. I get to talk to. Uh, I'm I'm just happy to do this podcast. Just because you did it, man. You just said I'm going to do it, and now you're doing it. You're talking to people. Yeah. So you feel reach out reach out to me. I think you if if you if you have any trouble finding people, I you know I'm sure that everybody is that everybody you've had on the show could 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 give you if everybody gave you five people to talk to, it'd be a, that'd be a fun list of people. That's how it works. It snowballs that way. Yeah, it's, it's great. So well, thanks for coming. Good conversation. And, Thank uh, you. Keep doing the good work on the greenways. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Yeah, stay stay out there. Next time you do your boat trip, reach out and maybe oh yeah, maybe I can get a, a pass to, to go to go on an adventure for a day. That sounds perfect. All right. We'll Thank talk you, to Luke. you later. And there you have it. That's Blythe Bailey. 
Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I had creating it. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful. And tell your friends. Um, I just love doing this show. We live in a great city, and I love to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Come back next week. Bye.